This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Hey, welcome back to the Road to Retirement. My name is Chris Anselmo. I'm here with my co-host, Tony Shore. How are you doing, Tony? I am doing great. I had a great week this week. Really got a lot done and just been looking forward to the show today, to be honest. How about you, Chris? What have you been up to? I bet I bet you've been busy uh, with business and working in a little bit of golf. Let me guess. Yes and yes. <laughs> so business, is, <laughs> okay. business has been busy. You know, we've, we've had a lot of, you know, we do a lot of estate planning and as our as our crowd gets older, we've we've had a lot of people pass away this year, and not one of them been, has been coronavirus related. But um, we've probably had twenty, probably working on twenty estates right now. So, um, oh wow, that's kept us busy. Yeah, it's it's you know full full swing golf season right now before it gets too cold, and you know we can't do it anymore. So we've been golfing and you know, the yard work and planted a tree the other day. Oh my god. You digging, planted just, a tree. Just, dig, just dig in one hole. I was like sweating like you couldn't believe. I actually took pictures and sent it to a buddy of mine who said one time he was landscaping and, um, you know, his college job or whatever. And and the, the guy told him, look, just, just go plant that one tree and you're done for the day. And he said that day changed his life. After he got done six hours later trying to plant that tree, he said, I'm going to law school. <laughs> So he remembers that day. He's like, there's no way I could do this the rest of my life. So all you landscapers out there, God bless you. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, quite the little event there. Well, especially by hand. I grew up on a farm where uh, we did a lot of digging by hand, yeah. but we also had a little backhoe that we did. Uh, yeah, yeah, this was this was a, a shovel and a, and a pickaxe. So <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Tougher than it, Tougher than you'd even imagine. So what are we talking about on the show today? So we get a lot of questions um, about the difference between like a payable on death account or transfer on death account versus using a trust. You know, people in the, in the media just are so hell bent on avoiding probate because they think it's this big, huge nightmare, which can be, but doesn't have to be. But they're so afraid of it that they, they want to do anything they can to avoid probate. So generally... What they'll do is they'll put some in the wrong way to do it is just put someone's add someone's name to the account. So, for instance, Tony, let's say uh, I add your name to my my checking account. Look, the issue there, anytime you add names to an account, you bring that person's life into your account. So, Tony, you get in a car accident. They go after that account and you say, well, that was Chris's money. Well, it looks like half of it's your money, Tony. So, so that's, you know, people are just so, again, hell bent on avoiding probate that they do a few things that aren't probably wise, right? So adding, adding people's names to accounts is one of the no-nos. Um, uh, trust, on the other hand, allows you to stay in control, allows you to pick your beneficiaries, allows you to pick how they get the money. You know, 
oftentimes we don't want people to get all the money all at one time. So, so a typical transfer and death or beneficiary designation would be, look, I got a checking account at uh, Bank of America. We got 50 grand in it, and I'm going to make it payable on death to uh, the children, right? So we got payable on death to Gino and Nicole. So if I die, they just walk in with a death certificate, and they get half the money, right? So that one's probably not so bad but because it's just cash. But there's other accounts that, not so good or even real estate. So we have here in Ohio that you can do a transfer on death on real estate now. So, so let's say I own a house and I, or someone owns a house and they put their four kids on transfer on death because they said, look, I want to make sure I avoid probate. Right. So put their names on it. Mom dies. The four kids get the house. They want to sell the house. It's tough to get four people to agree on what restaurant to go to, let alone <laughs> uh, agree, yeah. agree to what the sale price of the house is. You know, one of them says, well, I think it's worth 200000 The other one crosses his arms and says, well, I think it's worth two hundred five. I'm not signing anything. And even worse yet, here in Ohio, we, have, we still have those archaic thing called dower rights, which means that uh, when you are married, you cannot sell your property without your spouse signing off on it. So even if you, even if it was just in your name, your spouse still have to sign off on it. Yeah. A dowry. That's kind of got the dowry has gotten the way of Buffalo. Right. It's so, it's so archaic that, you know, they've talked about getting rid of it, but who really likes it is the divorce attorneys. It's kind of leverage for them. So, so the issue there is now potentially I got eight people have to agree on what we're going to sell this house for. So what's the solution? So on that one, believe it or not, either use a trust where you put the house into the trust and then the trustee makes a decision and then splits the money up four ways, right? The trustee says, nope, we're selling it for 200,000. We're going to split it up four ways or just let it go through probate because then the executor has the same rights. So nope, we're going to sell it for 200,000. We're going to split. Everyone's going to get $50,000 each. I don't, I don't have to get four people to sign off on it. I don't have to get the spouses to sign off on it. So, so even though payable on death sounds easy, it's not always the best thing to do. The other, the other thing that we see oftentimes is timing. So let's say it's a bigger account. Let's say it's a million dollar account. And we put, you know, the, the two kids on it. And then as, uh, let's say, pass away and as we're going to get ready to distribute this, one of the kids is going through a divorce. Mm. So we don't want them to get the money right now. We, we'd rather have them get the money after the divorce is over or we keep it in trust for them so it's not part of their marital assets. But on a transfer on death or payable on death account, the instant the owner dies, Legally, it's the other, it's now the beneficiaries. They may have not taken the money out yet, but legal, it's their, their money. So we don't even have any planning opportunities where we would inside a trust. So if we create a trust, Tony, you create a trust and you put your money in and you put your kids on as beneficiaries, you can create creditor protection for those kids. So if something happens in their lives, as long as the money stays in the trust, it's not theirs until they take it out. Right. So so the creditor protection language basically says uh, creditors have no access to this money, and one of the creditors may be a soon-to-be ex-spouse, right? So, so we kind of keep that money segregated. 
the other big thing we see is, especially on larger estates, um, the kids aren't ready for the money, or maybe the kid is the spendthrift. Or you know, if you give him a you give him a nickel, he spends a dime, right? So you get, or the kid's too young, right? The kid's uh, twenty years old, and on and mom and dad die in a car accident prematurely. And all of a sudden, there's you know, two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars dropped in a twenty-one-year-old's lap. I don't think Yikes. it's going to be there long, right? I mean, no. most like uh, you, know, you give that, me that money. That, you yeah. gave me that money when I was twenty-one. Whoosh. Yeah, I mean, most inheritances uh, you know you read from time to time are spent within probably two years. You spent yeah. sixty years saving it, and they're going. It's going to be gone in two years. So, you just want to be smart about it. Um, so the, this whole thing about avoiding probate is not always uh, the nightmare that it, that it is, and sometimes it actually works better, like we talked about the house. But in the long run, the, the trust is a better mechanism because we can control distributions. We can put provisions in there for, like our trust has provisions in there that give the trustee the power to postpone a distribution for whatever reason they see fit. So, but a trust, a trust, I mean, both payable on death, uh, and a trust are both ways to avoid, correct. uh, probate, Pro- right? I right. mean, it, having a trust, you, it can help you avoid probate in a lot of cases, right? Sure. So the, the money that's inside the trust. So the probate basically is our system to get monies or properties out of a decedent's name over to the beneficiaries. So if if you have an account, you have this account at Bank America and I'm the only one on the account, nobody else's name's on the account, I die, how's it, how's it get to the beneficiaries? So the probate court, that's the process. So what happens in that situation is we take the will down to the probate court along with the death certificate and uh, the executor gets appointed. Then the executor gets their little permission slip from the in the probate court, usually called like letters of authority, so that they can now take that letter of authority and go to Bank of America and say, look, uh, I, I need to close out this account. So, but nobody's the executor, even though your will says, like my will would say my wife's the executor. She's not the executor until the court says she's the executor. So, so for instance, if I had this account at Bank of America, and let's say I got 50 grand in the account, my wife's name is not on the account. She can't just go in after I die and, and give the banker, look, here's the will. I'm supposed to get everything and here's his death certificate. Because the bank's not going to take the chance that that was his last will. Right? He That will's dated, you know, a year ago. He might have made a new one out and didn't leave it to the wife. So, hopefully Connie's not listening. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> But so the so the bank's not going to take that chance that that's the real will, right? So the bank says, no, you go to the probate court, submit the will to the judge. The judge will give you this piece of paper with his little seal on it. And once you get that piece of paper, you come back and then we know you're the right person to talk to, right? So so that's kind of the, the starting of the probate process is to get the executor appointed. And then the executor will close out the accounts marshal the assets, gather up all the assets, pay the creditors, and then eventually get the money over to uh, the beneficiaries. So when we use a trust, we can avoid all that process because the trust doesn't die. So it's almost like a corporation. So if you are the president of IBM, if you die, IBM doesn't die, right? It just, they just stick the vice president in. 
So similar things to your trust when the, when the grantor or settler dies, the trust doesn't die. They just stick in the next trustee and the trust continues to go. So, so most of the trusts that we would draft would say, look, it's for me and my wife. And if we're both gone, then my son's a trustee or my daughter's a trustee and it just continues. And then it says, how do you want to distribute it? Now, if, if you have any type of sizable state, m- most likely you're not going to want to give it all out at one time. Or we'll have these provisions right. that uh, the trustee can postpone a distribution. So if if at the time I die, my, my son or daughter's going through a divorce, well, the, then we're going to postpone that distribution until that divorce is over, right? So, or, you know, they got drug or alcohol issues. I mean, something's going on in their life where it doesn't make sense to give them a chunk of money then the trustee can postpone the distribution. But when you have a payable on death account, that doesn't happen, right? The bank just gives them the money or the, or the insurance company or even, you know, any beneficiary designation, the life insurance company just says, pay it to them. It doesn't say, you know, withhold it, pay it over five years, pay it over 10 years. So in the long run, you know, trust is the better mechanism. You're going to have to spend a little more money, but you're going to spend less money than going through probate. I mean, here on, on the first hundred thousand dollars, the executor fee is uh, four thousand dollars, and the attorney's fees is uh, four thousand two fifty. So on a hundred grand, you just spend eight eight grand getting it to the beneficiary because you didn't want to spend two grand to do the trust or five grand, whatever the trust could cost. So I think you know, let's get with a. Um, an elder law or estate planning attorney like myself, if you can go over those things, get, get those options. You know, sometimes we look at the, all the accounts and we say, you know what? We don't need to trust your son's 70. He can't handle by 70. So be it. Just put it, put it well, payable on yeah. death again. Right. So it's Obviously. really, yeah. you know, I, I, I had a case like that. The lady was 92 and she's like, I don't want to give my my son the money all at one time. And I'm like, you know, uh, uh, Mrs. Patty, your son is 70. I don't care. You know, so, but anyhow, <laughs> so, I mean, generally as, as the, the kids get older, that becomes less and less of an issue. Uh, if they're, you know, in their fifties and sixties, by that time, they're probably not getting divorced if they haven't been divorced or, you know, so some of those issues go away. Um, but the trust is the, the better mechanism in the long run. And we, I wrote a book on it. You can call our office at uh, 440-886-3550 and, and ask for the, um, the back nine. And we also have, um, that's our, our financial book. And rounding third is uh, the, the estate planning book because I figure by the time you're doing estate planning, you're on third base, right? So, so um so the, those are some issues we see with transfer on death, payable on death accounts. Um, power of attorneys, too. We have people uh, that give power of attorneys to their their children. And you would think those are readily usable, but oftentimes the banks, um, they much rather deal with trusts because trustees actually have title to the property. So they actually have legal title uh, to the property when it's in the trust. So where power of attorneys, you know, you're Tony, I give you power of attorney. You're supposed to be using it for me, not you. Right. I'm giving you access to the money, but it's not for you. Right. And so oftentimes uh, local banks will say, you know, well, that power of attorney is two years old. And we're like, so 
They're like, well, our policy is we don't take any power of attorneys that over that are under two years old. You know, so it's just gets a little hairy sometimes. And, uh, you know, oftentimes when you're going to use that power of attorney, it's because the principal, so Tony, I give you my power of attorney and you're not really going to use it until I become disabled. Right. So in some of our, in a lot of our power of attorneys in, in our power of attorney, we have a box you checked. Do you want to make it immediate or do you want to make it what we call springing? The legal term is it springs into effect if, and when I become disabled. So most of the time, other than between spouses, it's springing. So if I gave you a power of attorney and I made it springing, so Tony, if and when I become disabled, you can go do whatever you need to do. Then the bank says, well, well, that's three years old. We want you to get a new one. Well, I can't get a new one because Chris is disabled and legally he can't give me a new one. Right. So, right. so we have issues sometimes with power of attorneys with local banks. Um, so again, the, the trust is the better mechanism from a standpoint of uh, banks are comfortable with them. You can pick and choose who you, your trustees, you can pick and choose distribution timing and things like that. So um, I know a lot of people love to just do payable on death or beneficiary designations, but oftentimes in the long run, it's not the best way to do it, but they just don't know any better, right? Because when they went to the bank, the bank says, well, you can put your daughter's name on the account or you can make a payable on death. So that's all that's all the information they're given. So they say, okay, well, I don't want to put my daughter's name on it now. So why don't we just make a payable on death? Right. Yep. So so then we I don't know if they're I don't say they're getting bad advice, they're just not getting complete advice. Right. So in the bank, that's all their options. The bank aren't gonna say, well, hey, let's draft a trust for you because they obviously they can't do that. So uh, you just gotta be careful. I mean, especially as your estates get larger and larger, um, you know people get tempted to, to blow the money. You know, if you have five kids and you have $10,000 and they're all getting two, 2,000 bucks, so be it, right? But if you have a million and they're all getting a couple hundred grand, well then, you know, that's, that's a whole different story. So, so we gotta be careful on those. So hopefully um, our little discussion today will at least prompt people to come in and say, hey, what, what are my options? Is the trust worth it for me? Is, is it not? Like we're going to give you the, 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 the truths. Oftentimes people come in and we just say, look, I don't think you really need a trust. We can do A, B, and C. If your sole issue, like we had someone in yesterday, and he, he goes, well, I, I have one kid. So it's all going to him. Yeah. So, and I said, look, you know, the trust is a better ne- mechanism, but if you're not concerned that he's going to blow the money, then you could do the POD. You could do the payable on death. And so that's what we decided to do. We just did a simple will and some power attorneys for them. You know, we're not going to convince you to, you know, do something that you're not comfortable with or buy something that you don't, you don't need. So i um, just make sure you're not uh, going to, uh, you know, there's places we call them trust mills, right? They, everybody that goes in there walks out with a trust, whether or not they need it or not. So just be careful on who you're dealing with. So, like everyone walks in a car dealer, you get a new car when you leave, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think it's important to understand the distinction, and I think a lot of people, like you say, they're just whatever the easiest payable on death, right. you know. Um, there's so, di- and there's, there's a difference what? between payable on payable on death and transfer on death. So, payable on death is generally bank accounts, right? Yep. They're just going to pay the money. Transfer on death often is is associated with like brokerage accounts 
they're not actually going to liquidate everything. They're just going to transfer it. So you have, you know, a hundred shares of IBM, you got some Google, you got, you got all these shares in these accounts. They're actually just transferring those shares. They're not going to liquidate them and just give you the cash. So, uh, so there's a little different nomenclature, you know, banks generally are payable on death. Um, and then, um, securities and stuff are generally transfer on death. So, ah, okay. Uh, so there's another distinction. And as I listen to you talk about this, Chris, as always, I'm like, well, I'm glad I don't have to do this on my own and figure this all out. And uh, for our listeners out there, it's the same. You don't want to try to wade through this on your own. I'm sure that this brought up questions that our listeners will have. So how can they get a hold of you or ask those questions, sit down for a consultation? Okay, so a few ways. Uh, our law office number is 216-485-1040. The financial side is uh, 440-886-3550. Brooksidetax.com is the financial side and selmolaw.com is the law side. So probably just easy to just call our office and then we'll, we'll get you in. Look, if, if every, if you come in and you go through the whole process and everything's fine, we're going to tell you and like, you don't like, you don't need to spend a dime. I mean, the consultation or we don't charge for the initial consultation because we don't even know if we can help you. If we can't help you, you know, Hey, we just shake hands, part as friends and uh, enjoy your cup of coffee. But, um, yeah, we're not, we're not going to sell you something you don't need. So, All right. Thanks, Chris. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Chris Anselmo and Brookside Tax Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.